So obviously want to dig into the uh, new album and get into the tour and get your opinion on a couple things and talk a little producing with you. But uh, man, no way to uh, not kind of talk about it, especially with the new album coming out. Oh, what the future holds. Let's go back in time. Let's fire up the DeLorean for a second, if we can, and go back to like March of 2020, where I'm sure your schedule was already insane. And then with the pandemic coming down, all these bands sitting at home, how did you manage to have time to balance that schedule and work on a new fit for an autopsy record? Oh, yeah. We had uh, we had a bit of a year there. That was fun. So <laughs> every band in the world made a record the past two years because what else are you going to do? You can't right. go on tour, you know? So fortunately, we had work to do, so we were very busy. But um, turns out uh, it kind of worked out. The silver lining to a lot of international stuff being um, canceled or postponed freed up these little tiny holes in my schedule here and there where I was actually able to um, space out the writing process a little more and kind of pick away at the record at my leisure. Definitely the most, the longest amount of time I've ever had to sort of write and record a fit record. You know, usually we're coming off a tour or we're kind of on a, on a tight schedule and we don't, we're sort of boxed into when we have windows of time to work. And you know, this one, everyone was just home waiting to do something. So it was, um, it was kind of nice in that sense, you know, and uh, it, it kept me busy for sure. Definitely filled in all my free time. You know, I was lucky I was able to stay busy as, as a guy who makes music and stuff. So it, it was, uh feel very fortunate with the way it all worked out for sure. But um, yeah, we had a nice relaxing recording experience this time no pressure <laughs> nice though i mean I, I can't imagine that after working all day that you'd still have the time and energy to work on your own band after after all that you do uh, i think it comes in waves you know once i get the ideas going i want to do them you know and 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 honestly a lot of what i do it it's work but it doesn't feel like work you know i'm not putting up sheetrock all day and i come home and i'm exhausted like it i like my job so it's like it doesn't always burn me out when i'm feeling creative i just want to do it and i do it you know well the re- results are obvious that the album's incredible i've been listening to it non-stop and kind of oh, thank you no rules deathcore death metal however you want to say it i love the the clean singing mixed in with here and there with joseph he can actually sing i like that you guys are kind of exploring that a little bit yeah, I mean, we just, we like the stuff we like, you know, and I always get asked like, wow, it's crazy you're doing that. Why are you doing that? Like, what was your inspiration? I'm like, I don't know. We just like music, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's, there's a lot of different tastes in our band. There's only like, there's only like a handful of bands where everybody in my band agrees on like, oh yeah, I love that band. We're pretty spread across the board and all the different genres and we live in kind of different realms of all these subgenres. So I don't know when we go to make music, we just like write what we like, you know, all of the stuff that comes out and the stuff you'll hear on the new record. It's all just a reflection of the music we're into at any given time, you know? So it's like, it's fun to just like do the things you like and not really care about trying to fit a certain mold for a genre or be boxed in. Like I really do feel once we stopped caring if people would like our music, that our music got better, <laughs> you know, it was like very, um, it was very, um, freeing to be like yeah we're just gonna write what we like i'm glad people like it obviously it it gives the band a career and the ability to like you know do it for a living and go on tour but like still do it (laughs) if people didn't listen to it it would just it would be the same process because for me making music like this is the creative outlet that i just always wanted to have you know so it's just a, a fun rewarding experience for us I love it and love it. And, and I think my favorite tune on the album is A Higher Level of Hate. And kind of curious, 
Is that just sticks on a, on a rim, or, or what are you using for that drum sound in the beginning? There's a djembe. There's, yeah, there's probably some rim clicks. There's actually a dog. We have a pudgy studio dog with a big <laughs> bassy belly, and um, we threw some mics on her and did some belly slapping, and that's in there. Um, and then it's probably some toms, and I think that was about it. It was like four or five things. We just made a little thing out of it. And what's the dog's name? The dog's name is EQ. <laughs> How fitting for an engineer producer guy. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of fell into place. She's fantastic. If you've ever been to my studio, she's your favorite dog. Of course, of course. Well, dude, I'm loving the album and certainly looking forward to the tour. We get you here in SoCal at the 1720 Club on January the 19th with Enterprise Earth. The guys are so excited. Yeah. I mean, it's been like everybody needed to go on tour. So it's nice that... uh it's nice to see things are moving again. We're trying to be safe and, you know, and not everyone's doing their best to not get sick and avoid, you know, risky situations. But uh, the the morale is super high right now, for sure. Very much looking forward to 1722. I think that's going to be an awesome show. Yeah, I'm excited to see you guys. And I've actually never been to that venue, so really looking forward to it. And Enterprise Earth got new music coming out, too, and they're, they're a killer band as well. Talk about the whole lineup. There's more than just them, too. Yeah, we've got Ingested over from the UK. It's an awesome heavy band. They probably haven't been here in a while now, too. They have some new material. I know the Signs of the Swarm guys also have a new record. And Great American Ghosts have a really awesome EP that I was lucky enough to work on last year that's on the way too should be out on this tour also so there's like a lot of bands out there for the first time in a couple years with brand new music energy is high it's definitely going to be uh an exciting run for all the bands can't wait for it and obviously wanted to talk a little little producing with you i feel like i could do a whole show on just the producer side but kind of curious was it guitar first or, or pushing knobs and buttons first where did it start for you definitely guitar first i knew nothing about a studio when i started recording you know <laughs> i had always done music for fun and it, I was in bands and I was I would book shows and I tried to do like a record label and I would I was going to college or something completely different taking music classes just as like a fun elective kind of thing and I wound up hooking up with Machine the record producer and got like a little internship he had just had a kid he needed somebody to just kind of hang out at a studio while he had some downtime and that was really my first introduction to like how records really get made you know up until that point in my life I had just been in some local studios nothing to the scope of that you know and i just fell in love with it right away you know at that point i was halfway decent at guitar and musical enough to probably work my way in there you know <laughs> uh, but i really learned a lot there early on you know and that sort of built the whole foundation for the rest of my career you know i didn't feel like everything snowballed uh right off of that you know i would start recording local stuff and then worked into some label projects and kind of started getting my own gigs and name out there and then me and machine wound up splitting a studio space you know and spent years working side by side on projects like that and yeah it's just keep keeps on rolling now so interesting to learn that machine was your yoda so to speak yeah for sure oh shout out to machine <laughs> always you know guy guy gave me the shot and here we are and i got asked the, the 10 million dollar question did you get paid at the beginning or was it just doing the work and and for the experience i think it was more experience yeah. i don't I remember being very broke for a very long time. If you don't know anything about recording, I wouldn't expect to get a paycheck right away. That's for sure. But uh, I had side jobs and, you know, I hustled around. There were plenty of uh, late nights bartending and trying to work on projects after working for him for the day. It's just like, if it's something you want to do, it's you really got to just go for it like that, you know. 
No, totally. And I, I was just bringing that up just to kind of put the word out there that, yeah, you do have to work for free sometimes. It's like that in radio. You know, you do an internship at a radio station, work your way up the ladder, but just kind of putting it out there that it's okay to work for free because it does lead to bigger and better things. Yeah. I mean, I always try to pay interns or assistants something because I don't, you know, I always appreciate what people do for me in the same way. Like the best gift that machine would have given to me is he just let me use studio in downtime. You know, I didn't have to like pay to use a recording studio. I basically had a free recording studio. Weird hours for sure, but it gave me the opportunity (laughs) to work for myself, you know? And I think that was really the catalyst to learning fast, going through the trial and error of record making. And and that was everything for me. And I think accelerated my career faster than anything else could have, you know? Absolutely. And wanted to touch on a couple of the albums you worked on. Like I said, I could spend all day going through all of them, but a couple ones I wanted to hit you with and uh, get a couple words on, especially Suicide Silence. They're uh, the hometown heroes. We're from their hometown, hometown radio station. Obviously, R.I.P., Mitch Lucker, and No Time to Bleed, one of my favorite albums from them all but any memories or experiences making that album and with mitch yeah that was a really fun record we had um at the time there were a lot of bands interested in coming to machine he was hot off of like a lamb of god records was getting all these all these inquiries and he kept asking me what do you think about this band what do you think about this one and suicide silence fans and friends with those guys like the very early stages of fit for an autopsy we had a connection to that band with our singer who had known those guys and done some touring with them and stuff so i was rooting really hard hard for them to come record at the time, you know, and uh, luckily like Mitch and Machine hit it off. And then we just had, yeah, that month was just like a big party. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> we, um, at the time in their career, those guys were on fire and very passionate about the record and stuff. And it, it, it was, it was a really good experience. It was one of the earlier records that I really did a lot of engineering on too with Machine. I think I tracked like all the guitars on it and stuff. And it was like, yeah, I kind of got thrown into the fire at a very early time, but it was at least with a band I was comfortable with and sort of knew the in and out of that genre so I had like really cool learning experience and like little boosts for me that would be like alright I can do this you know but um, yeah they're great man we had a blast I keep the party stories internal I can't I can't spill the beans <laughs> on a radio station but they're, they're, they were some wild guys back then anything about Mitch in particular any any stories or about his work ethic or anything like that I mean obviously his talent speaks for itself but anything individual about Mitch I love that he just knew how it worked for him I mean if you've ever seen him live you know how he kind of does does this like hunch over thing yep. when he hits screams and he was like, I scream like this. This is what works. And we're like, dude, stand up, scream into the mic like a normal person. He's like, no, no, this is how we got to do it. It works like this. So we're like, okay. So we built like this box so he could get into his like on the riser live position. And the mic was like kind of pointing up. It was like the most unorthodox <laughs> microphone setup ever in a studio. Like I've never done it since. Like it's still the weirdest one, but it was like his thing and he nailed it, you know, and the vocals on that record are crazy. And it was like, yeah, it was just like, it was cool to be like, this is insane. Why are we doing this? And then hearing it and being like, okay, this is pretty awesome. He's right. <laughs> you know, so we, we had this, yeah, it was this moment where I was like, sometimes the artist is right, I guess. <laughs> He's great. Rest in peace, man. It's, it's sad to see him go, but always support those guys. Yeah, I always got to give a shout out to the local boys for us. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to hit you with. Obviously, you got to talk a little Ice T and body count. I mean, was there a little bit of a, a intimidation factor with him walking in the studio, or, or did you feel comfortable and right at home right away with him? He's got to be the coolest A list celebrity in the world. I can't even imagine somebody being cooler than that dude. He's so self aware. He just does music from such a pure place now, especially later in his life, especially when he doesn't have to do music, like at all. You know, this is not. 
his source of income or it is purely a passion project for him. You know, so it's like to work with somebody on that level who just legitimately cares that much about the type of music that he makes and what he wants to say and stuff like it's really refreshing and inspiring. And like, he's just the coolest dude. Like He's hilarious, fun to hang out with. I was like immediately on a page with him. Any sort of goosebumps or butterflies about meeting a, like a guy with his kind of status were out the window in 10 seconds. And he's always been great. Like he's anyone who interacts with him at the studio or, or meets him via, you know, working here, working with me, like they're always have a blast with him too. He's just, it's just a pleasure for him. Can't say enough nice things about him. I've heard that about him. He has always has that the hard look, but I've heard he's a, a sweetheart deep down inside. I mean, I wouldn't piss him off, to be fair. You know, like, I'm paying him to be a teddy bear. But, like, also, like, they, you know, don't cross. Last one I wanted to hit you with. Uh, I was surprised to see in, in all the credits, composer on the new Wage War album, Manic. And kind of curious, I understand the engineering, recording, producing, but composer, how does that work? Well, I do do a lot of uh, songwriting with bands from time to time, you know, whether it's like in the studio or kind of remotely or even on my own. And I hooked up with Cody from Wage War and uh, me and him and our buddy Jeremy from They Remember, they were going for like a specific thing with a song and we just kind of collabed on one and we wound up turning up a song on the record. So yeah, it's like fun. Like I really, I do really enjoy like kind of hopping in and out of like other projects and other bands and sort of seeing it from outside their fishbowl, you know, to be like, all right, as a fan of the band, like what's cool about this? What could I bring in here where I think like this would connect, you know? And um, yeah, I do that a lot, you know, and, and, and it's, it's actually like a really fun part of the job to kind of wear that hat too. So it's uh it was great working with those guys and, you know, happy to see that that record's doing well and they're on their way to being mega successful. So great. I'm surprised you didn't want to do the whole thing. Like once you get your hands in there that you wouldn't want to take it over and all right, let me do it all. Let me, you know, record everything, engineer, do the full album. I would think it would be hard to kind of just pop in and pop out like that, but clearly it works. Well, I mean, people have their guys, you know, and then maybe it was probably a little later in the process too. I think they were finishing putting the record together at that point. You know, they probably had already had a batch of stuff and sometimes it's fun to kind of bounce around and work with other people, see what else is out there. You know, you know, obviously when you get a lot of cooks in the kitchen, things can get complicated, but with like the right team and the right workflow, like it can be awesome. Love it, man. I appreciate all the time. Last thing I got for you, we're an old school radio station. We still salute every night at 10 p.m. Metallica. We do mandatory Metallica, which you're going to be a part of. And I'm kind of curious, are you a Metallica fan? Are you a Hetfield or Hammock guy? I'm a Metallica fan. I'm Papa Hat all the way. How did you discover him? What album? Talk to me about that. Ooh, what album? The first... What did I hear first? I think it was Master of Puppets first. I think that was the first song I ever heard from them. Yeah, it was. It was a buddy. I was in his car. I would have been like, I don't know, 13, maybe something like that. And at that time in my life, I was like coming out of my West Coast hip hop phase as a child, getting into grunge stuff, Soundgarden kicked ass. I was really into the Nirvana records and then hadn't really touched much metal, but like I knew of Metallica. But then I think Master of Puppets was the song that sort of sort of turned me but my one is injustice for all that is the metallica record for me so yeah i will forever die on that hill that is my uh that is my ultimate record because after master of puppets after i heard that song i went to a record store they didn't have the record so they had injustice for all so that's the first tape i bought and then as soon as i heard blackened and like shortest straw and harvester and all those songs i was like okay this is what i like now (laughs) and that sort of set the course for me for a while that's my record for sure 
And and the producer guy and you does it the the lack of bass doesn't bother you on that record? Oh, I was way too young to even think about what records <laughs> sounded like. Later in life, I had to start paying attention. But to be honest with you, a lot of the, my favorite records probably don't sound great. It's probably just great songs, you know? And I think um, people get lost in, like, the sauce of all this production stuff sometimes. But if you don't have great songs, like, you don't have a timeless record. There's no way around it, you know? Yeah, I don't care. I didn't care that there wasn't bass on that record. I love that record. Do you have a favorite song we could play for Mandatory Metallica? Ooh, let's go... Favorite one on that. Ooh, that's tricky. Let's go Harvester of Sorrow. I think that's the riff of the record for me. That's that's the hardest riff on the record. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Best of luck with the record and the tour and everything, and can't wait for the show. Thank you, man. Much appreciated. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Let me know if you want passes for that show. We got you. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.